This is episode 12 of the Rise Up podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Teresa, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that we hope will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. God is like the sun, always there and always shining, even when you can't see him. This is Rise Up on Family Life. It's part three of our Easter podcast. We started out with a triumphal entry, and our last episode was about the crucifixion of Jesus. This episode, the resurrection. So why is the resurrection so important? And I know we're going to split hairs here, and don't look at my head when you split hairs, because you, you wouldn't get very far. But without the resurrection, if you'd thought about this, maybe you're a brand new believer. Mm. Without the resurrection, Jesus is just a, a great guy, a right. great teacher, right. and a wonderful uh, human being who did wonderful things. Yeah. If he just went to the tomb and stayed there, right. we wouldn't be having this Christian talk and this faith <laughs> talk, no. uh, right? Without the resurrection, uh, I mean, it could be argued that that is the beginning yes. of Christianity. Yes. Now, I get it. You can go back and say there's lots of things before that in the prophecies. But the actual beginning of Christianity and the faith is the resurrection to me. It, it, and it's funny you say that because there are people who want to claim not just that Jesus was just a nice teacher, but they'll say, well, the resurrection's a real thing. You know, it's a spiritual resurrection. The mm. ideas of Jesus live on. His teaching lives on. And actually, no, that's not going to be hope that lasts <laughs> through the world that we live in. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, I actually was thinking about this just earlier in 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile hmm. and you are still in your sins. He's bringing up that point. You're not forgiven from your sins if he hasn't been raised and you don't have a hope of resurrection yourself if Jesus himself wasn't raised. Right. The whole crux is that that Jesus conquered death. And if he didn't come back to life, then he couldn't do that. And so we couldn't also conquer death and have eternal life. I mean, it's kind of the the thing, the whole thing is based on, you know, and it is interesting that there are certain factions of the Christian faith that try to minimize the resurrection. But there are so many accounts where he was like, here, let me eat this to show you that I'm not just a spirit, you know, here, touch the wounds in my body. I mean, there are so many accounts within the biblical context of Easter that proved that, yes, the real physical Jesus came back to life. He was living and breathing. It's amazing that that gets discounted. And I don't I don't understand why. But uh, but that's part of it, I guess. Can I talk something about the stone? If you want to. The okay big I... giant stone. Yeah. Right, it, this didn't again. I'll reference that I didn't come to the Lord until I was in my early 30s. But it wasn't until maybe even five or ten years after that, when because it never dawned on me before, hmm. that uh, the stone rolled away. It's like, you know, Jesus didn't need the stone rolled away to come out. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. He, the re, you know, he, he could come out. He could walk through. He could get through. Right? right. He didn't need that to be moved out. The stone was moved so other people could look in and go in there and see mm -hmm. that he was gone. Right. So it wasn't for Jesus. Jesus didn't need the stone moved. <laughs> and that never dawned on me 
uh, in the beginning of my Christian walk. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, quite the truth. And that stone caused some concern. You know, the women who were going to go anoint the body of Jesus, they fretted on the way. Like, how are we going to move the stone to go in and, and put these oils and spices on the body? And it just it makes me think of all the times that we worry about stuff where God is like, Oh, guys, you know, like it's going to get worked out before you even get there. You know, so to be to be worried about how we're going to move this massive stone and then to arrive and see that it's gone. Not only that it's gone, he's gone. Whoa, what a moment. It's funny talking about the women and they got to the tomb, what they did see, what they didn't see, Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things where, you know, when something when something terrible happens, Everybody remembers where they were. You know, you hmm. ask, where were you on 9-11 when you heard the news? Right. It also can be the same thing, though, when something really, really unexpectedly good happens. You remember right where you were when you got that news. You remember exactly what was going on. Each of the people that experienced the resurrection saw what they saw at the tomb. And when they heard the news, who it was delivered to them by, the news that Jesus had risen from the dead... Every one of them remembered it a little different way, how it hit them when it happened. And you see that in the Gospels, that each of them presents a slightly different account. Not because they're inaccurate. It's funny. Some people will point to that and say, look at this Gospel account. It's not that accurate. Everybody talks about the resurrection of Jesus like it happened differently. <laughs> no, these people weren't hoaxing. If they were hoaxing, they would have gotten their stories straight and all said the same thing. It was such a momentous event. It solidified a different moment for each one of them. I can't even imagine the significance, what it would mean for each person individually to receive that news. What? He is risen? Hmm. Interesting, but not surprising, because Hmm. we have a Savior who meets each one of us individually in the way that we need I mean, everybody's testimony story is different, and every one is based upon this is what my heart was missing, and here's what Christ fulfilled. And so what a neat observation that he gave everyone their own kind of unique, special experience based upon their needs. You know, I mean, we hear that phrase, doubting Thomas, you know, and poor Thomas, he's really kind of taken a beating in culture over the centuries, you know, because he'll always be known as the guy who didn't believe that it could be Jesus. And so what does Jesus say? Go ahead, like prod, you know, what is it? But, you know, we shouldn't dismiss Thomas as a fool because each one of us should be bold enough to feel like we can go to God and say, I just don't know if this is real and and can you show me God or I don't understand this part of my faith. Can you show me God? There's no shame in being Thomas. You know, what their shame is, is like the person standing over on the side that's like, I don't know, but I'm kind of afraid to like actually go meet this Jesus, you know, to be the kind of person that's bold enough to say, I, I don't know if this is real. Show me. That's that's the kind of brave to walk up to like the risen savior <laughs> And say, prove it, you know? Jesus changes everything. And again, I'll go back to when I was a non-believer growing up. And growing up, it's amazing what man can do uh, to things on the calendar. To me, growing up, Christmas was the biggest hmm. event of the year as far as holidays go in the family. Why? Because, well, presents as a kid. Yeah. But when you go to the story, you know, it's like baby Jesus was born. And that was important. And it is important to the whole story. 
But then you get to Easter. Now, as a believer, this is a great way to talk to your non-believer friends. Maybe you're listening to this podcast right now, and you're not a believer in Jesus, and you're not listening to this by mistake. God has an appointment for you for that. But the reason we as believers get so excited about Easter, and we should be, as we've already talked about, more excited about Easter than we are Christmas, right. because without Easter, we don't have this faith. So it's a great way to open up a conversation to, to the non-believer friend of yours or co-worker or, or whomever to say, like, you know, I get more excited about Easter than I do Christmas. And mm. they might ask, well, why? Right. And, and here's you your can chance. go ahead and. Yeah, it's a chance to to tell them why. Yeah. And speaking of telling them why, you know, right after the resurrection, we began the sharing of the gospel, you know, because that was the point where people could start to say, you're not going to believe what happened. And here is the way for you to be saved. Because we had all of this proof, all of this evidence. Jesus appeared to hundreds of people before he ascended into heaven. But do you know the very first people who were commissioned with sharing the gospel after the resurrection? Hmm. It was the women. And um, I'll make the joke so you don't have to. If you oh, ever please. want information to get shared very quickly— you just tell a group of women and we'll take care of it, okay? <laughs> I've never noticed that. Tim, have you? <laughs> no, okay, but, Tim's not, but yeah, this right, is yeah. important because <laughs> there are a lot of things in Scripture about the roles of women in the church. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that really comes down to personal conviction in your beliefs. But the idea of sharing the gospel, it's everyone's job. You know, men, women, children, if you believe in the risen Savior, if you believe in the resurrection, it's your job to go tell somebody about Jesus. We serve a living God. Sharing the message of hope. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know anyone else was in the stable. I would have saved you some oats if I... Oh, well, you're not a donkey. That makes one of us. Yeah, life as a donkey in first century Jerusalem, it's about as glamorous as you'd imagine. (laughs) Not very. You know how it is. You got the same old place you wake up every morning, and you got the same routine as you head out for a long day of work. No one ever told a donkey like me to expect to feel like royalty. That's why I can't make sense of something that happened earlier this week. A man, he was a Jewish rabbi, he made me his ride into Jerusalem, and I'm still in training. I've never given anyone a lift before, but I could tell. Something about this guy was different. When I carried him, I felt like a mighty steed. I couldn't shake the feeling that this man was a king, and he chose me. After we got into the city, he and his disciples left, and that was that. I'm back in the same stable today, but something feels different about everything now. I think it's because Now I know that I'm known to the king. That rabbi, Jesus was his name. I think if you meet him, you'll know what I mean too. Go ahead, make the jokes if you need to. Bird brain, feather head, it's good for my humility. We roosters are naturally proud creatures, but you know, it is an important job being the personal alarm clock of the high priest of God's people. I'm resident rooster in the priest's courtyard here in first century Jerusalem. And with all the out-of-towners here for Passover week, I'm working overtime, waking people up. Caravan lag and all that. You never know who's traveled to worship in God's city this week. The who's who of Israel are all here. I've got to look my best. You could be rubbing feathers with the big shots and not even know it. And that's when my pride starts getting the better of me. 
again. I've struggled with that sin since I was a hatchling. Sometimes I wonder, when I betray the God I love by letting my sin get in the way, will he still forgive me? Well, a little birdie told me that a teacher named Jesus is one of the visitors in town. He's not like the wealthy Pharisees preaching self-righteousness. He preaches humility, forgiveness, and good news. Something tells me if this Jesus is who he says he is, I'm gonna learn something about second chances this week. Oh, you startled me. Then again, I'm a rabbit and plenty of things startle us. There's a lot to be afraid of in this world, so you can't blame a bunny for being scared. My family and I, we live here in this beautiful garden just outside Jerusalem. There's a nice man named Joseph. He's the gardener and he takes special care of this place we call home. I don't think it's because he's hoping to raise rabbits though. You see, he has a family memorial here. No one's been buried in this spot, but Mr. Joseph keeps it all beautiful for that day when a loved one will be laid to rest here. I'd be lying if I told you it wasn't hard to raise a family of 42, all with a constant reminder of death and sadness in front of me every day. But that's the world we live in, for now at least. Sometimes when I think about this garden and that tomb in the middle of it, I can't help but wonder. Was this always what God had in mind? To someday, even through the darkest fear and the deepest sorrow, to make a graveyard into a beautiful forever garden? Something tells me a bunny can hope. Here we go. It's another new day. You're listening to Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. 